Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of Aquarium from a slightly different perspective. It seems like the longer I'm in this hobby, the more that I learn. And sometimes the more that I learn, the more I realize that what we've been doing for a long time is not such a bad thing. Yet sometimes we, as a group, tend to forget this stuff. Yeah, every once in a while, me, Mr. Question Everything You Know About the Hobby, will ponder stuff which has been considered you know, long for a long time to be a hard and fast rule and just beat the shit out of it with my consistent and persistent questioning and personal research. Sometimes I think I'm correct in my conclusions that we've been too stubborn and that all sorts of other approaches can not only work, but create better outcomes than we've ever even considered. Other times I tend to go along with prevailing hobby wisdom as it makes no sense to question what seems logical and beneficial for our animals. I still think about it a lot though like the social structures that we provide when we keep various species of fishes. It's something that to me is fascinating, yet many of us don't give it a lot of thought. We add our fishes to our tanks and simply enjoy them without much consideration for the fascinating aspects of this stuff. That's okay, I guess, but there's a lot to this stuff that I think can really help us enjoy our fishes even more when we study it a bit. Let me digress for a quick second, give you a bit of context for what I'm thinking here. I suppose one of the real fun parts of aquarium keeping is figuring out what fishes you want to keep and setting up your aquarium to accommodate them. In many cases, not only does setting up the tank to accommodate them, meaning selecting the proper sized aquarium, environmental parameters, and physical layout, it also means suitable social groups of them. Now, if you're like me, you love sizable shoals or schools of small fishes, usually kerosens, in large tanks. There's something about the scale and the interest that these kind of groups provide that I really like, particularly in an aquarium designed to meet their needs. And you too have probably kept many schools of kerosens and fishes like that. You know that most of these fishes simply fail to thrive when not kept in schools. Schools, shoals, groups. Okay, I've always felt that as hobbyists, we need to do all that we can to, you know, help facilitate the beneficial aspects of social behavior in our fishes. Oh, but first, a refresher of sorts. The word fish is the correct plural form when you're referring to a group of specimens all belonging to the same species. Fishes, on the other hand, refers to a group which consists of more than one species. Us fish geeks like to mess that one up like pretty much all the time. I mean, I know that I do. Oh, and let's just jump on that most confusing of fishy distinctions, the difference between a shoal of fishes and a school of fishes. A shoal is a group of fishes congregating together, perhaps even to benefit from the safety in numbers, yet not moving or behaving in unison. They can be facing in multiple directions with no coordinated actions. That's the distinction. A school is when all the members of the group are moving and behaving in a coordinated manner. Personally, I've always liked the idea of keeping groups of the same species together whenever possible, regardless of if they school together or simply cohabit. And then there's fishes which live in groups, right? Social aggregations of fishes which don't really display coordinated movements and such, but do exhibit social behaviors in a group setting like dominance, hierarchies, feeding, and spawning orders, stuff like that. Okay, all that group, you know, grammatical BS aside now, uh, safely you know, tucked away neatly, let's sort of ruminate more about the idea of keeping lots of fishes or fishes or fish together in our tanks. I know it's sort of aquarium keeping 101, but it's something that we likely not you know, tend not to give much thought to as we move on to other stuff, right? Some of the best fishes to keep as single species units, in my opinion, are catfishes like the, you know, Corydoras, Brocas, and even Otocinculus species. The dynamic of keeping these 
really endearing fishes, is almost irresistible, and it mimics how they're often found in nature in large groups. It's fun to watch, and it really enlivens your aquarium experience. They're really social fish. Not only do the fish show their most endearing social behaviors in single species groups, they seem to feed better, stay healthier, and of course spawn more easily in my experience. It makes perfect sense, right? I recall that I had a sizable group of 14 Corydoras panda a while back in one of my aquariums that lived really well together in a school that I gradually built up. However, almost paradoxically, they actually seem to behave more shy or perhaps you could say cautious as a large group than they were as individuals or small groups. It was bizarre. I would definitely say that they schooled, but they adopted a strange schedule. Once the group truly became a school, they were almost nocturnal or crepuscular, often coming out as a school seemingly in front of, you know, out of nowhere, just as dusk broke in my tank. Gotta love the control of LEDs, right? Of course, if you dropped in food at almost any time of the day, all bets were off and they came out to feed actively and then quickly went back to wherever the hell they hid during the day. And then there's those otosynculus. We just talked about those recently here. This is a fish that seems to be, well, problematic, right? For many people. And I think it's no secret that they often suffer from, you know, lack of sufficient algal growth and the apparent comfort of their own kind. They will often live for what seems like extended periods of time in a solitary manner or even in small groups only to just sort of fade out at some point. Personally, I think that this fish creates a sort of paradox for Aquarius. On one hand, you want to support its need for socialization by keeping it in larger groups, say a minimum of six to eight specimens, while on the other hand, providing sufficient microalgae growth on rocks, plants, and other aquarium surfaces is important. I wouldn't even think of keeping this fish in groups of less than six individuals, again, possibly problematic, if your tank can't provide sufficient algal growth for them. Yeah, huge paradox, right? And of course, everyone knows that some species simply need to be kept in groups to confidently exist in your aquarium at all. For example, the glass catfish, Cryptoptera species. It's a fish that will literally waste away when kept individually, like so many of us probably did with this fish when we were kids. Okay, well, I did anyway. These are fishes that truly have a timid and non-aggressive nature, and they should always be kept in a group. And by group, I'm thinking six or more, even larger if your tank can accommodate them. And of course, this means an appropriately, appropriately sized aquarium and a physical layout to accommodate their needs. And if you're curious to see how these fishes can act in a large group, go search online. Our friend Ty Streitman did a video, this is a few years back now, uh, in an Asian-themed tank, and he had uh, a, a nice little school of those glass catfishes, and it was really cool. They displayed this relaxed, gregarious nature, which is much more natural than the skulking in the corner, timid personality they typically display when kept individually. It's plainly obvious when you watch this video that these fishes are near perfect to keep in this fashion, but you'd, you'll never attempt to keep them individually again once you see it too. You've probably already considered the idea of keeping various species of catfishes in groups, but it's something that I felt like touching on because I still see many hobbyists keeping them individually or, <clears throat> excuse me, or in very small groups, which is a bit surprising. Now, yes, this is a general statement and it would be irresponsible of me to intimate that it appears automatically to, applies automatically to every species. Obviously, there are many exceptions to this. <coughs> Excuse me. And of course, there are fishes which tend to be kept singly, which if the proper space and environment is set up, and if introduced as juveniles together, could sort it out and live in some semblance of peaceful social order for an indefinite period of time. So you can keep solitaire fishes together sometimes. 
The key is observation, study, and patience, and the ability to take quick and decisive action should things head south in your little aquatic utopia. <clears throat> There's certainly a lot we can learn and much to consider about the social behavior of our fishes and how we can provide the optimum conditions to enhance it. Regardless, in this era where tanks are set up as a temporary display or set up to highlight the aquascape where the fishes are simply accessories, we often see tanks with the fishes installed without the consideration for their long-term need. It need not be this way. In fact, it shouldn't be this way. <clears throat> I'd go so far, excuse me, to suggest that even if you're setting up a temporary display for a competition or whatever, that you need to display them in proper groups. Remember, a display seen by a group of people who might be influenced by it should be set up with the animals in proper context. Yeah, it sends the wrong message to the uninitiated to do this. It's a simple concept, probably almost remedial in nature. However, it's something that we need to keep in the front of our mind when setting up our next aquarium, no matter how unique or different it might be. Place the needs of your fishes first. You probably already know that. In fact, I'm certain that you do. So please pass this along to someone who, you know, the thought to somebody that might not know this. There are a lot of people new who are coming into the hobby all the time and we'd all be better off if they stay in it. Stay thoughtful, stay considerate, stay supportive, stay inspirational, stay devoted, stay curious, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.